Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. The gang's all here, everyone. We have got a packed show today with all the members of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network on Skytalkers. Important questions and theories about Rebels and The Last Jedi will be answered and argued by all. Welcome to Skytalkers. Here are your hosts... Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I am your other host, Caitlin, and have we got a special episode for you all tonight. We are so excited because for the first time here on Sky Talkers, we have everyone from the Star Wars Escape Pods Network um, joining us here tonight from the flagship podcast, Unmistakably Star Wars. We have Devin and Eve, and then from the Wookiee Gunner and Rebels chat, we have Miss Jonah. So welcome, everyone, to the show. We are so excited for you guys to be here. Yeah, this is exciting. We're getting the band together. This is good stuff. <laughs> Gang's all here. Right. Yes. So how is everyone tonight? Very well. Good. How are you? Good. We're great. We're so excited to talk Star Wars. We're going to talk about everything from The Last Jedi to like the core themes of Star Wars and then Rebels, you know. Eve, we I saw on Twitter, this is your one year anniversary with mm-hmm. Unmistakably Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so exciting. Congratulations. Congrats. Well, Thank you. I mean, you have to thank Devin. <laughs> I thanks, Devin. Yeah, and I guess I need to check my Twitter feed more often because I didn't know that this was the anniversary. So happy anniversary. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that just means he's got like a really great anniversary present in the mail. Yes. Sure. yes. It's, it should be there anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Next year. Next year. Next year. <laughs> Put it in your calendar now, Devin. <laughs> I, I'm on it. I'm on it. Well, we are so proud to be part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network and to be, you know, included in such an awesome family. And if our audience hasn't checked out these awesome podcasts, please check out Unmistakably Star Wars and Rebels Chat. They are a delight. Jonah Marie mm-hmm. talks with her mom about Rebels Chat, and it's just the best. And then So un- good. <laughs> it's so good. And then Unmistakably Star Wars always covers amazing topics and dives mm-hmm. deep, and it's just always a great listen. So if you haven't checked those pods out, please do. And so, for a show today, we are going to start with part one. We're going to be diving into what keeps us coming back into Star Wars. And in part two, of course, we have Rebels chat here, so we've got to be talking about the Star Wars Rebels trailer. Of course! I'm so excited. (laughs) And then in part three, we're going to be talking about The Last Jedi, because of course we are. (laughs) It's still January. (laughs) So, without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? All right, welcome to part one, where we are going to be talking about what keeps us coming back to Star Wars. So we've got a couple of questions to go through here, but we really just want to get at the core of really what Star Wars means to all of us, since we've got a great group here, um, and we all have experienced Star Wars in different ways. We've all been introduced to it in different ways. And so I guess I just want to open it up first with the broadest of questions. What does keep you coming back to Star Wars? Is it the myth itself, the characters, the fandom, like the relationships we're building here right now, 
the new films or television shows or something completely different. Uh, Eve, since it's your one-year anniversary, how about we start with you? First and foremost, it's the relationships that I've cultivated because of the Star Wars fandom. I think because everybody goes through a lull with their favorite things and then you come back and it's great again. But for for me, Star Wars has just always been around and present because of the people that I've met because of it. So I love it. I I put down three things while I was taking down notes. Good. (laughs) I put put the characters, the story and the creators because it's uh, when I think about the characters, I always think about characters that. I relate to and most of the time they're animated so Kanan, Ezra, even Sabine I find these characters to be very intriguing and their journeys their stories are what really appeal to me and keep keep and I keep coming coming back for more so uh and then the, the creators themselves as well I I love Dave Filoni I love Henry Gilroy and I've had the pleasure of talking to some of them in person and it's just a lot of fun to know that they love Star Wars as much as I do. So uh, those three things are what keep keeps me coming back. Listen, everyone, Jonah is casually talking about how she got to interview Dave Filoni <laughs> on our show, uh, not yeah. on his show, and it's, it's just not okay, okay? Um, it's a, a great... Christmas card from the guy. I'm yeah. <laughs> I just have to throw, throw that out there, you know, from the start, and I'm scared. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a good episode, guys, if you haven't listened it's, to it. It's, it's so, so good. good but, but don't be surprised if her connection drops out, we don't get her back, because she's so talented. <laughs> Uh, I'm kidding though. That that episode, I've listened to it more than once. It it's fantastic. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode with Dave Filoni, you need to go and find it. It, it it's amazing, and um, it's I'm so jealous, but so happy for you too. <laughs> You're like living my dream, and so I'm so happy. Um, but I'm just waiting for him to be on Sky Talkers too. It's fine. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> okay, so Devin, what brings you back to Star Wars? You know, when I was reading this question, I mean, it's it's like the proverbial question that you would get on an exam in high school or college, right? And it, I think it's it's E, all of the above. I don't know that there's a single reason that I keep coming back. I think as I was reflecting this week on this question, Star Wars is such a part of my life. And I think it's probably so deep into my psyche, my subconscious part that I, I honestly would probably have trouble separating what life would be like without Star Wars in it. I think the things that keep bringing me back obviously as as always been talked about here but it's the story it's the myth it's the fact that the story itself is accessible and then you know Jordan Marie you talked about this too but the people behind the scenes that are making the story are also totally accessible people for some of us more than others that's it right i mean when we were at celebration in orlando this last spring and pablo hidalgo and dave filoni were on the stage and in walks a bunch of i don't know if they're from the 501st or not but it was a, a bunch of folks in clone trooper uniforms and i believe it was pablo who was just talking about like you know it's crazy for us to sketch this out on, you know, a m- random piece of paper. And then all of a sudden, years down the road, people dedicate their time and their love and their passions and their money to developing it. And here come our creations that were once ink on paper. And here they are in, in real life. And I think that for a fan like myself to see the creator get that juiced about 
seeing fans enjoy what they've made. And it's just like this ultimate symbiotic relationship. And I think that there's just such community in that. And then what you've touched on as well, obviously what we've got going on right now with the escape ponds network, it's, it's the relationship and it's building each other up and being affirming and, and all those things and just having great discussions. Oh, I totally agree with all of that. I think for me, I, I, yes, it is everything, but that one thing that I'm focused on at that one point in my life keeps changing, but probably mm. the backbone of it is like the themes in Star Wars always kind of pop up and that's kind of what I always draw from is definitely the mm. myth and the story. But I, I do think that it's always changing. Like when you first get into Star Wars, you're really into it, say, for the characters or for the story. And then then as you kind of form a relationship through fandom or doing what you love, whether it's creating like fan art or writing fan fiction or creating a podcast, it's your your what keeps you coming back is constantly evolving. At least it is for me. What about you, Caitlin? Yeah, I mean, yes to all of the above. Um, It's interesting because first and foremost, I was introduced to Star Wars through my best friend. And so it it really was that. It's you, Charlotte, by the way. Um, (laughs) It was was super relational. and, And I'm sure that if Charlotte and I had not remained friends, I probably wouldn't have stayed as interested in Star Wars. Um, Because for me, that, I mean, that was, that was my entry point was having a friend to watch Star Wars with. Mm. And for the first time ever, having had no familiarity with it um, in the earlier part of my life. But it's what Charlotte said too. It's like these transitions and like seeing Dave Filoni talking about Clone Wars for the first time was such like a moment. I was like, people are talking about this and they're like so excited. It it like opened up a whole new world for me on how to analyze and talk about this franchise and looking at things like character and myth and, and how this like world building that they were doing. But then now starting the podcast, it's, it's become so much more focused on that relational aspect too, not just because I get to do it with my best friend, but because of all the people like you guys that now I have relationships with. And Mm. if Charlotte decided one day she hated Star Wars, I would still be here. (laughs) Um. (laughs) It's like sacrilege to say that, but you know, it's like, it's changed now as I've gotten older and I have latched on to different things throughout the fandom um, and throughout the, the galaxy far, far away. So yeah, yeah, I I really can't imagine my life without Star Wars now. And I don't mm. really see a future where just like who who said that? Was it Devin who said it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah who that uh you can't even imagine with a life without Star Wars somewhere included within and yeah, I just can't. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um but what is let's start with Jonah. What are you most excited about for the future of Star Wars? Definitely the animated shows. I've always been an animated. I am animated, but I've always been. <laughs> I've always been a fan of animations and and animated shows in general. So I, I I look forward to whatever it is that they're working on next with, uh, Dave Filoni. I know he's up to something, and uh, I'm sad. Rebels is going to be gone in a few weeks, really. And I, but I am excited for what that future looks like. And uh, hopefully, them experimenting more, like with the Forces of Destiny shorts. I, I really love those as well. And so I hope they, they keep pushing the, the envelope with those. Totally. Mm. There's something so awesome about the Star Wars animation department. And they really are 
doing such incredible things. And I'm so excited to see what Dave Filoni is up to next because you know it's it's good. It's going to be good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just I'm ready for that announcement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's going to come until after Rebels, though. I know. It's not. It's not. That's the thing. It might not even come until after Solo. Yeah. You know? Or like, even at Celebration. I can see that dropping true, for Celebration. We're going to have to. No, <laughs> I, I cannot wait until next year to find out what what Dave is doing next. <laughs> it might I, be a sort of like a, when Hollywood Reporter reported on the uh, the voice actors for Star Wars Rebels and meeting yeah. who they were going to be playing at the time. So they might do something like that. Oh yeah, I don't know why we're having this conversation, Joan Marie. Can't you just text Dave right now? And- <laughs> get to the bottom of this oh my gosh I've, i'm pretty sure we've talked about it on the show but i know i've talked to charlotte about it before where i i don't know i'm like stressed for dave like what is he doing what's happening <laughs> i just want to know that he is like secure <laughs> i need him to stay in star wars <laughs> make sure he's hitting the gym getting all his veggies in staying healthy <laughs> yeah, exactly make sure he's got like a good supply of hats of cowboy That's hats <laughs> you know, worked out that Ahsoka story, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, waiting until next, that's no, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> what about you, Devin? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's interesting that like John Maria, of course, brought up the animation and stuff. I, I think the thing that I love the most about star Wars is the thing that also scares me the most right now. And, you know, growing up with the original and really experiencing these gaps in time between the originals and the prequels and then from the prequels mm-hmm. to the sequels, I, I'm so excited on on one part that now my my daughter's getting to experience it at roughly the same age I did and it's something that we can share together and I'm so looking forward to all the stories we're getting from film and animation and the comics and the novels. And at the same time, it's that same thing that I also have fear of is that I don't ever want to reach a point where I'm burnt out or it becomes so mundane and blase that Star Wars somehow loses its its, its shimmer. Mm. And so I, I, I love the stories. I, I love the fact that we can literally walk into Kohl's or Target or wherever and see Star Wars stuff, whether it's in the apparel department or the toy department or anywhere in between. And at the same time, I I just don't want us collectively as fans to get burnt out on it. I know. Mm. I know it's it is really something I worry about. It hasn't happened to me personally, but when am I going to lose steam or like mm. when is mm-hmm. when is the importance of this story overall going to kind of affect the way I view what's coming out? Um right. is it is that going to be lost and I I I really worry that that's going to happen and maybe I worry too much about it because it's not it hasn't happened yet and we've had three <laughs> movies. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know it's kind of like it'll be nice for to have that whole year and a half between Solo and Episode Nine, yeah. Um, to kind of cool, like things chill out a little bit and kind of settle um, all of the the quote unquote discourse about everything. Like who knows how Rebels gonna end, how that's gonna be received. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot coming down the line, so I think they need that that time um, to yeah to let the dust settle um, because I think I I know a lot of people in you know the quote-unquote real world are always like are you gonna get tired of star wars Mm. and no 
is my automatic <laughs> answer. Of course not. But yeah. I mean, like you guys said, there is a real fear that like when it's too much of a good thing, like too mm-hmm. much of a good thing. It's like Christmas every day. Chris, you mm. can't. Yeah, you know, that story never ends well. Right, right. <laughs> People, they're always like, I don't need Christmas every day. It's good every once in a while. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I hope that doesn't happen with Star Wars. It hasn't yet, so fingers crossed. What do you think would take it to, to push it to that limit for you? Do you think it would be just sheer volume of stuff? Or do you think that they would make a decision based on a, on a story that, that takes a wrong turn? You know, the, the last installment with The Last Jedi certainly seemed to, we'll see if it, stays long term but certainly turned a lot of folks off do you think that there's something that they would do story-wise that could cause you to take a, a a break or do you think that it's just sheer volume would ultimately cause it to dilute itself where it wasn't that special i think that it's it's it'll be a story decision yeah mm. where yeah. suddenly the stakes aren't so high anymore um mm. and it doesn't feel so maybe for lack of a better term real um mm. like yeah it, or like tangible and meaningful um and you get kind of like a little bit Marvel universe where sure. any villain can pop up at any time. I, I need my yeah. characters to re- remain important. I mean, that's such a great question, Devin. And for me, it's weird. It's actually very strange being in this time period of Star Wars because I came into Star Wars always knowing how things ended up. Mm. And so now being in this position where I don't know how things are going to end up and I've set my mind about how I think certain storylines should go. Like the big one for me is Kylo Ren Redemption. And a lot Mm. of people aren't into that and have a lot of compelling reasons why they're not. But for me, it's like now I've spent I'm going to spend six years being like Kylo Ren will be redeemed. (laughs) And if he's not... I that's going to be a big pill for me to swallow um, mm. because of how like and, and now it's on record that I'm like really invested in this storyline, too. <laughs> and I'll have to like come on the air and be like, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that would be really hard to have to be so invested in in a storyline and have it not go the way I want it to and, and how I mm. first saw it going. Um, and I think, yeah, I think what Charlotte said, I think it would be a story decision that would not turn me off completely, but would be really disappointing. And I'd be like, mm. oh, what was all of this for? You know, <laughs> yeah. <in the> trilogy. <laughs> well, and I think especially if it's not just a, a one-time occurrence as in a vacuum of sorts, but certainly if, if something big like that happens and it has this domino effect that it touches everything that you've ever known and loved about Star Wars or a character or whatever else, I mean, that could definitely be pretty damaging. And I, I think I, that I disagree with where the folks are that are not happy with the portrayal of, of Luke in The Last Jedi, it, it didn't impact me like that, but I can see being so invested in that and how that can just have a, a ripple effect to everything that you know and love about this galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. I know. I'm in the same boat as well because for a time when we didn't know who Snoke was, people kept saying that Ezra was going to be Snoke. Mm. And this drove me up the wall. (laughs) Like, to the point where I said, I remember telling my friend, if they make Ezra Snoke, I'm going to drop Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was dead serious about that. And obviously, Snoke is not Ezra because we know that he's not human, blah, 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 blah. But still, like... Every time I see that, I always think about what I what I told my friend. I'm like, I'm sticking to it. If they ever do anything to, to Ezra in that way, I mean, if they kill him, that's fine because you know that it's completing his arc in some way, and and we'll watch that unfold. 
But if you you turn him into something of that nature, no, I'm I'm not for that. <laughs> yeah, completely. I'm I'm totally with you. If that if he was Ezra, oh my god, I would not like that. <laughs> that would have been so bad. It was a good thing, John Marie, that, that Dave heard your plea and changed the script. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You texted him and were like, listen, buddy, Dave, can I call you D? I'm not really liking this direction you're going. (laughs) That that, uh, Google Doc you sent me with the script of The Last Jedi, I have some edits for it. Right? (laughs) Ah, you've got it in. (laughs) I have notes. I wish. Eve, what what is the thing that you're most uh, excited about in the future of Star Wars? most excited I, I i hate to sound really cliche but the conclusion of the sequel trilogy i think i think i'm with you caitlin with the i don't i don't want to go in with too many head cannons but i definitely have set myself up to where it could make or break certain uh parts of my heart if it doesn't mm-hmm. end the way that um i hope so I, along with the animation and 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 where they take that. And a part of me thinks that after solo, but between episode nine, we, I feel like something has to happen. Do you honestly think they're going to let that big gap go and just fill it with books? Or I know that's the weird thing that rebels is ending. What's going to be this big chunk of time. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. know, Adam, Adam Bray, who's written a couple of the star Wars books had said fairly recently that he really thought that Perhaps the new animated series might launch as soon as next fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he oh says gosh. he wasn't quoting anybody on that um, or speaking on, you know, condition of animity. But he, he seemed to think that um, that might be a spot where they're going to drop something. And of course, with a Disney streaming service coming out, who knows? You may even get live action. Don't get my hopes up. <laughs> Guys, our, our listeners know that literally one of my earliest memories of Charlotte in middle school is her telling me about this live action movie or series that was coming from Star Wars back in like 2006. That so ended up being actually, Clone Wars. Yeah, that ended up being Clone Wars. But this is before I'd even ever saw Star Wars. She was like, a live action Star Wars TV show. It's coming soon. <laughs> I'm still saying those words. No, like, <laughs> Carry that torch. It's, it's In the like big I, scope of history, you're not off by much. <laughs> I know. It's so true. It's, just, it's, it's so funny. At this point, it's like I, I kind of, just for the sake of this conversation, for it to never happen, just so she can keep thinking it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, obviously I want a Star Wars TV show, so it's not too serious. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Going back to what brings us back to Star Wars, there have been a lot of talks about this on the internet in the past couple of weeks, months, and ultimately years. But if you could pick one core theme from Star Wars, what would it be? Like a single word that defines Star Wars for you. And Devin, we'll start with you this time. Well, I think I'm going to go with hope. I think Mm -hmm. that that, that's certainly been part of Star Wars since the beginning. And I think that the story group has really continued to beat that drum. I mean, literally saying the word hope how many times in Rogue One and even The Last Jedi. Mm. And and I think that that is probably the one word that resonates most with me. Star Wars has been with me through the ups and downs of life. And I think that that's one of the things that I've really taken away from it personally as a fan is like there there is hope. And, and just before 
the sun comes up is when things are at their darkest and Star Wars to me means hope. Very good. Very good. Okay. Eve, what about you? Uh, well, hope probably would have been the word, <laughs> but I'm going to go with loyalty. I think mm-hmm. even, even, even with the dark side, there's just loyalty across the board and <laughs> not to get super personal, but I've struggled with just having people in my life loyal to me all my life. So seeing, seeing it just constant and resonate and like Luke running away from training to save his friends. It's just, I think that's incredibly inspiring. So for me, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. And Jonah, what about you? For me, it's family and Mm -hmm. not necessarily in the traditional sense, because as we saw with rebels, it could be a found family. And Mm -hmm. I really love that about star Wars and, I think we're also a family in that, it, you know, Star Wars informs us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. It really does. Charlotte, what about you? Um, I'm going to say I, I, it's hope. It's definitely hope. Um, hope is definitely the through line through Star Wars. But I think number two mm-hmm. would probably be family. I think for me, especially after The Last Jedi, hope has been the resounding theme for me that even when things look their darkest, there's still light. And I think that that has really got to carry us through through episode nine because The Last Jedi is the darker middle chapter and it was a darker middle chapter and the chips are Mm -hmm. down. And even like across the board in in Rebels, the chips are down right now. Um, But there's still hope because our characters continue to prevail and to continue to be loyal to each other, loyal to their families, to have compassion and love for one another. And ultimately, that's what is going to save the day. It's not going to be who has the better fighting skills or who has the bigger ship. It's who has the bigger heart. And I think that's Mm. something that Star Wars has always um, been so great about showcasing throughout every aspect of canon, whether it's on film, on TV, or in literature. That has always been at the center of it, I think. Mm. Well said. Snaps. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) man isn't star wars great guys it's so good (laughs) it's so good it's so nice to have something where that i don't know where where you can count on your characters to to see light at the end of the tunnel all the time um Mm. because in the real world that's hard to do a lot of the time so it's I mean, Star Wars is mythology at this point, and so we look to them in these exaggerated scenarios about how to how we should act in our day to day lives. Mm. Um, and that's a little simplistic, but I mean, that's what myths are meant to do. So, very true, Caitlin. You said it. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> take a bow. Take a bow. <laughs> I'm not bowing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, so let's move on and talk about the Rebels trailer. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. So welcome to part two. Um, here we're going to talk about the that amazing Rebels trailer. Oh my gosh. What did you guys think about it? Whoever wants to jump in, jump in. It was amazing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so good. Like holding her breath, waiting. <laughs> Oh, man, it had me from the beginning just going through Ezra's story. I'm just like, this is so beautiful. And then 
uh, just all of the new clips. I, you know, I had even recorded a reaction to it, and at one point I said, "This is too fast." <laughs> there was just so much packed in there. <laughs> that that video yeah. made me so happy. I can't even I know, describe it. Too. I was like tearing up. I was like, "This is what Star Wars is all about." Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, you know, I I thought it was great in in the sense that, you know, it pushed all the right buttons. It's going to make us ask a ton of questions, which is exactly what they're hoping to do from it. And I think that that's great. I think the more opportunity we have to be kept guessing until the unveiling of each episode is, for me as a fan and as a viewer, that's exactly what I want. I'm still two and a half seasons behind, so while the trailer did excite me, I don't know anything that's going on. Oh, (laughs) that kind of makes it more fun. It's like, whoa, what was happening here? Things things have changed. Yeah, it did feel very intense, and I thought that the music was incredible. My gosh, the music was so good. It was. I was just rewatching the trailer before we started tonight, and the clock and then you start hearing that organ with Thrawn and then it kind of goes into this very low slow force theme it was just Mm. it was so intense (laughs) (laughs) and I was like what a whoa (laughs) it just like it builds up it builds up so much with the music and the clips and the editing and you just know that something big is coming down the line and I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm very nervous. <laughs> I, have a, I have a lot of Rebels anxiety. It's fine. <laughs> everything, everything is fine. Everything is fine. Um, so it was a very Ezra-centric trailer, though, which I'm sure made you very excited, Jonah. Yes! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should just let you, let you take the reins on this part of the, <laughs> part of the show. Um, but they've been really building up Ezra's connection to animals throughout the entire series of Rebels. Um, so do you think there's something greater going on here with the wolves, specifically with Ezra? Because up until this point, they've, they've kind of had more of this connection, at least from my interpretation anyway, with um, Kanan. Kanan, yeah. Yeah, but now it looks like things are kind of changing. Yeah, so Ezra... I love that he's like, yeah, like he's a Pokemon master, a beast master. And yeah, and, and he, it's not just with animals, too. He also has a fantastic ability uh, to empathize with other people. I mean, we saw it with Sibo in season one. We saw it with Pipey, the little baby that, you know, they actually showed that clip in the trailer as well. And... I think Palpatine, I don't know what his what his uh, endgame plan is here with Ezra, but Ezra does have that special ability, and given that he has this connection with the Lothwolves, I think that's what Palpatine is sort of after, and I want to see how that plays out, because, yeah, you said that those Lothwolves have a connection with Kanan, and they're sort of trying to inform and guide Keenan to how he should move going going forward. And uh, I, I think for Ezra, there's something else that's at play that I, I still don't know about. And Dave won't answer my text. So <laughs> Outrageous. Oh, what's he doing? <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. Just to sidetrack here for a second on 
Palpatine because he says in the trailer, if if I'm remembering correctly, Ezra Bridger is finally mine, right? Is because it that makes it sound like he's been hunting Ezra for a while now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What is going on here? What what does Palpatine know? What does Ezra know? What does Vader know? Is he has he been hunting Kanan too? Yeah, yeah, that kind of blew my mind. Because of, uh, I remember the Inquisitors, there was one point where Kanan had emphasized, you know, we need to find out what they're using to, and then they, why do they keep finding us? Mm-hmm. And and they sort of dropped that storyline once the Inquisitors were phased out and Thrawn was introduced. So when, you know, I had that opportunity to talk with Dave, I asked him, you know, what, what happened with that? Where are the Inquisitors now? Why were, how, how are they so good at finding them? And it was he, then that he said that, it's actually Palpatine who's orchestrating all of this. And he focuses in on these uh, people in the force who are skilled in what they're, in what they're doing and, and not just skilled, but also just uh, m- ruining his plans essentially. So they're on <laughs> Lothal and we know that he has, he's personally invested on Lothal and he's sort of like the bad guy in a Scooby-Doo episode. Like, these teenagers keep messing yeah, things <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> those, I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids, kids and their droid. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how it all comes together in the end. Me, too. Me, too. What do you guys think about the whole ahsoka potentially being the convoy i'm super intrigued by that and i like she's got to come back into the story somehow right I right mean, I, based especially on what went down on the celebration stage in orlando something's got to happen with her yeah we're I, all we're now almost a year out from that and nothing isn't that crazy <laughs> that's so crazy it is crazy that I, celebration was almost a year ago that's insane yeah <laughs> but I'm not really for or against it. I, I trust Dave and that story group to tell a great story. So if this is the way it needs to go, I'm sure it will make sense and will be completely uh, vindicating of that character and everything else. I hope so. I, um, you know, we had a little birdie whisper in our ear that like Ahsoka isn't, you know, it's, it's not the end for Ahsoka. She's going to come back in some different form or something. And I was just mm-hmm. been waiting for this for like a really long time. And I am very thrilled to see it maybe manifested in this convoy, which we've gotten hints at throughout this entire series, right? Um, in terms of like the importance of these birds that are just everywhere. Episodes end with these birds. Fo- like you know, you know what I mean, guys? And mm-hmm. it's yeah. just like how... Is that going to matter in the end? And I'm just so curious to see how they resolve that. Because like you said, Devin, like I, th- I think it, it has to be important. And I trust them to pull off a really important story. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think, if you, you know, this, the convoy obviously seems like a derivative of what we would call an owl. Right. And not only in pop culture are owls typically referred to as wise, but in Native American culture, the owl is an animal that typically represents you know, that bridge to the other side, the, the messenger, mm. so to speak. And mm. and so I think from that perspective, it would be right within the, the Star Wars playbook to bring some type of mystical, spiritual sense into this particular storyline and, and run with it. So if, if that's the case, I'm totally on board with it. That's so interesting. That, I had no totally idea. You're spot on with that because of the cards, the, uh, the top cards. Where when oh Ahsoka oh had God. entered 
the temple, the owl had followed it, and the owl, the owl was leading Ahsoka across a metaphorical river right. of yeah. sorts, and it was leading her up a staircase, and it went, and she was able to go through some doorway that was lined with wolves. So yeah, I, I wonder how. I think that the 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 bird is more of an avatar and an, an extension of the daughter because mm-hmm. of the fact that it was in that mural. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I think it's just a a guide. It's it's mm. crazy that that's one of the things that's so great about Ahsoka is that she's just had this long arc, you know, pulling in something that happened all the way back in like season three of Clone Wars that's now having a very real consequence in season four of Rebels. Um, I, like the way they've bridged these two series, I think, has been done so masterfully. Um, but I, I know even even as a huge Ahsoka fan, like the biggest, um, I've always been worried about bringing her back into season four. Because I know for me, whenever she's on screen, I'm like, who's Kaden? Like, let me just focus on Ahsoka. <laughs> um, I know that's mostly a me problem. But it, it was like, I don't want to take away time from our Rebels crew because I know that this is... For a lot of them, this might be the last time we're with them. Um, but kind of seeing the convoy, I think, has, I don't know, given me a little bit more peace about it because it is more like what you were talking about, Devin, like this this person who's a guide almost to whatever mm. comes next and is imparting some kind of wisdom onto our characters. And maybe, right. hopefully, none of them are passing on to be one with the Force. But if they are or if there's something else that's going on that we haven't even that hasn't even been created yet for us mm. out here. Um, that Ahsoka is going to be part of that, I think is really cool because she's always been such an interesting part of this universe, this galaxy. Like she's the biggest, what if, you know, what if Anakin had been a father? What if Anakin had left the Jedi order? Like all of that is represented in Ahsoka. And then to kind of see her filter through to rebels, I think has been, it's been so interesting and I'm going to get off my Ahsoka <laughs> I just I was like I've been you're talking for a long time Caitlin about Ahsoka like rein it in <laughs> Caitlin loves Ahsoka it's fine I love to hear you talk about it <laughs> um, okay so let's go back to Rebels crew um, so Kanan's haircut had to bring it up hair is a very big part of Rebels um, what do we think I love it you do <laughs> interesting I do, I do. I, at first, I was like, "Oh my god, he cut his hair!" But then, I really, you know, took in the meaning behind it and the significance of it, of him becoming who he should be, Caleb, and and owning up to that name. And he really did. He looked like when you flip through the pages when of when he was younger. I was like, "Oh my gosh, he looks like Caleb." Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's amazing. <laughs> it's it's so good. You know, uh, the rebel side of Tumblr is just like so excited about this right now, I feel like. Or there's some cool art that's going on. And it's just so cool. And yeah. I, um, I'm i with you. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he cut his hair. And then <laughs> and now now I totally understand the symbolism behind it. At least I think I do. Obviously, we haven't seen the show yet, but um, I'm very excited about it. I, mean, I think I, it looks aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the bookends now between uh kanan's new do and kylo ren's do i mean my goodness um, oh yes all yeah. kinds of options well and hot callus right Let, yeah, thank hair. you yes i think that's more of a facial hair thing though isn't it i, well, I guess the hair when it flipped no. down a little bit that's what did it no, it's, <laughs> it's the, the animated hair 
yeah, the lock there in the forehead. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like you can have like a, the best hair of Star Wars now. Is it Kylo, Kanan, or um, Hot Callus? In terms of yeah, men, yeah. Right there. <laughs> that is a good listener poll. All right, we'll have that on our page. <laughs> Check <laughs> it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we probably actually should have asked this before the Kanan's hair topic, um, but we saw Mortis. Mm. Which obviously that's going to be play a part in it too, but it's weird because what we what we saw was like a like a temple medieval Renaissance like stained glass window, picture. yeah, stained yeah. glass window of Mortis. Where is this picture? <laughs> like, where was this created? That's my question. Well, and- where they established their base, southern in the southern hemisphere, uh, there were just like these little triangle uh, entrances throughout the structures the rock structures so maybe uh Ezra had to sneak himself in to one of those entrances and that's where that particular mural or relief was located that's at least that's my theory (laughs) yeah yeah because that's that's interesting because like Mortis you don't think about it existing really outside of the actual planet of Mortis so someone knows about it and yes. like remembered an experience that they had on Mortis, whereas the only people we've seen who ever been on Mortis don't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it is. I haven't thought about that yet. So yeah, Gosh. yeah. The definitely we watched the episodes beforehand because the father tells Anakin about how they had to withdraw themselves from the temporal world. Uh-huh. So, so they at one point lived in the galaxy like everyone else, and they had to withdraw themselves from uh, where they were because of the fact that the, his children were becoming too powerful. Oh, right! Oh, I so. remember that now. Yeah, I totally. So, did they live on Lethal? Oh my! God. I had no idea. That's the thing. I don't Whoa. know whether they lived there, whether they visited, whether their people just you know admired them as sort of like deities as gods. So, what? who knows? Oh my gosh, my mind is kind of blown. I know. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. And I I'm swear I watch I, I watch that series of episodes like every two months. And I still like, I come out of it with like a new knowledge of yeah, what I just yeah. saw. But like, it still will never fully understand it. And I don't well, want to either. But what were you going to say, Caitlin? I was going to say, it's like Mortis itself. It's like you watch it and you're like, I get it. And then you forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so true. <laughs> what do you think about the inclusion of Mortis in this last season of Rebels, Devin? Well, I, I think it goes back to, again, one of the things that I appreciate most, and that that's the mystery and the mystical side of Star Wars. And I think Mortis is such a great example of, you know, being this really almost like a conduit for the force. And I, I think it goes to, you know, explain other things that happen within the Star Wars galaxy. And I think you know, maybe perhaps Dagobah is an example of that as far as how time can be manipulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I, I think it's great there. My my only concern, and I know we're going to maybe get into our some of our concerns with Rebels in just a moment, but I, I don't want them to feel like they have to answer everything and to get everything in before the season or the the series wraps up. So mm-hmm. I, let, let's weave it into there. If it, if it fits naturally, I'm just, I'm getting hesitant and a little, little scared with if we're going to bring Ahsoka back and we're going to go to Mortis and this and that. that, that's a lot of storytelling in a very short amount of time. 
Oh, I, I, yeah. think, I think we should get into that because I think there are a, there's a kind of a loud, maybe minority of people who are a little concerned by Dave Filoni and his like question mark to changing to exclamation point type of way. And <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think there's something to be like, lo- yeah. And it's like, Caitlin and I love that, but I can totally understand like being frustrated by that and like not getting those definitive answers. Well, I'm definitely a fan who likes to have things kind of a little bit more open-ended so I can theorize and kind of, I don't know, spend years kind of dissecting and discussing Mm. things. So um, I do like, I, I, I have a little bit of concern as well about like them basically cramming in this finale into three weeks of episodes, but I I don't, I, I don't really know. Um, I don't know. What do you are are you concerned, Caitlin, about some things in the finale? Generally, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's the thing with Dave is that he. I think what some people's biggest, I guess, complaint that I've seen is specifically with the character of Ahsoka of like dragging it out. It's like if she's gone, just say she's gone. You know. I guess you could have some kind of play of is she in the afterworld or is she not, but just kind of let it be. Whereas for me, I'm lucky that I love the character of Ahsoka. So I'm like, don't let it be. Bring it back (laughs) as much as you can. Um, But I think there is a real worry about maybe, yeah, like trying to fit too much into this last season. Like all of us, it's like it's like three weeks. How how are you going to fit all that into three weeks? But then remembering that it's, you know, multiple episodes in a 90 minute finale. That's a movie. That's a movie, guys. (laughs) So true. Yeah, Yeah, and and it's like, how is everything going to wrap up? But then I think also remembering that Dave has something else planned at this point, too. And so almost like with Mortis, things that maybe aren't necessarily tied up now will be playing into the bigger picture and our bigger understanding of the galaxy going into whatever the next project is. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like with The Last Jedi. I mean, not entirely. It's obviously a TV show and, and very different, but like just like Mortis kind of expanded our understanding of the force. And then that played into the creation of the character of Bendu and now kind of cycling back to Mortis um, in rebels. Like what is the next, the next project going to bring um, into like how we understand the galaxy um, and how the force works too. So, I mean, I'm worried, but Dave Filoni. So I'm kind of not. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I like I like getting the morsels here and there. Me too. And yeah. like you, Charlotte, I like to have open. It. I like to theorize. I like to fit in my own story, my own head cannons mm-hmm. in there. So, well, I think that's. I, I'm totally with both of you on that. Is leave some leave some mystery about it, and I think the other thing to keep in mind is the the series may be coming to a close, but there's nothing to say that those characters may not reappear somewhere else. Yep. And, and so I think that we don't need to have all of the, the loose ends tied together for this. I, I think that leaving them open, not only gives us talk, uh, thought for discussion and, and conversation, but it, it says, well, who's to say we're not going to see somebody from the ghost crew in a future TV series or film or whatever else, novel, whatever it is. And, and I think that unlike some other things, if, if this were the, the, the last star Wars thing ever, Sure, let's wrap up some ends, maybe. But this is just one little morsel of of a story that's part of a much bigger fabric. And I, I don't think that we need to have all the answers right here and now. Mm-hmm. Retweet. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hard thing. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, that's, I mean, and that's something that Dave is so good at. And I think, like, Dave has shaped so much of how I understand the galaxy that I'm perfectly happy to take whatever he gives me. Um, <laughs> and, like, just the way the way he talks about things like the Force and character development and, like, tracking storylines and things. Like, he's got it. You know what I mean? Like, he knows what he's doing. He's had this planned out for a while now. And so even if I don't understand everything that's going on right now and maybe even if I'm not super jazzed about some of the choices that are made in the end of Rebels. It's like, I know that Dave has this bigger plan for what's going on and that it's it's all going to shake out how it's supposed to whenever mm-hmm. the, the end comes, be it three years from now or 30 years from now. No, not 30. Come on now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 30 years is a long time, Caitlin. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, guys, we're never going to know how the force works, okay? So we're always going to have things like Mortis and Bendu and, like, astro projections just, like, popping up in Star Wars. Good. So that kind of stuff, I'm happy to leave as open-ended as possible and to build the mystery for the next 30 years. Now, if in 30 years we're on this podcast and I still don't know what the heck happened to Ahsoka, (laughs) I'm going to be a little (laughs) miffed. But I'm not super concerned about that. Um yeah, I'm happy to wait a couple years, maybe, if, if that's what it takes for this story to really flush out. But everything else, I'm I'm good. I, yeah, this has been a good therapy session, so I think I'm good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, <I've> <laughs> to, to continue the therapy session, instead of, like, our predictions for the show, because I know that that conversation inevitably turns into, like, who's going to die, who's not, I think that maybe we should go around and kind of give our, what do we want to happen in mm. Rebels in this latter half of the last season? Um, Caitlin, let's start with you. No. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I I want there to be some conclusion for some of our characters. Um, I don't need it for all of our characters, but I want to have some answers. And I think Dave will do that because he basically brought that up at Celebration about I wasn't able to finish Cloners how I wanted with Rebels, I get to finish it how I want. And so I think there will be some conclusion there. Um, I just want to spend a lot of time with the Ghost Crew, honestly. Um, I don't really care to have a lot of new characters introduced. I just want to be spending time with the Ghost Crew. <laughs> okay, so what about you, Jenna? Uh, something that I want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll keep it short. But I'll definitely uh, just... I want Ezra to survive mainly because I want him to be something different than what we've seen before. We've seen Luke become the 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 Jedi that we see and the Jedi that we want to see in you know in the thirty years that happened between Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, and of course we see him in the Last Jedi. Um, and I, I, I want Ezra to be different in some way and maybe go off into wild space. Cause I feel like that's a lot of, has a potential for a lot of storytelling. So yeah, let's keep Ezra alive. 2018. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. How would you feel Ezra like, lives. yeah, as, hashtag Ezra lives. <laughs> Jonah, how would you feel if Ezra became like. A convoy type situation. <laughs> oh, you know, I have thought of that because uh, there was a at one point before the fourth season started, we saw these uh, cave paintings, and I was I was looking at them like if I was an archaeologist trying to figure out, <laughs> trying to depict on the walls, and 
the the thing that came to me was like, oh my gosh, I think Ahsoka is going to come back in some form as the wolf. Remember, we all thought she was yeah. the wolf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to be like like Qui Gon to, mm-hmm. to to how Qui Gon was to Yoda and and, and Obi Wan. I thought she was going to be that to Kanan and, and Ezra, and they too were going to become wolves. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> gonna be kind of crazy here and I know I'm not gonna like it but I'm, I'm totally for it <laughs> so yeah that was my theory at one point but yeah a bird that that could work too yeah just as long as he remains right exactly I get that so what about you Devin you know I what I would want most is just to have a, a, a holy cow moment I, I, I guess just something that I guess for me would link this storyline to somewhere else within the star Wars galaxy and something that I'm not even thinking of expecting, but there's a link there yeah, and just blows my mind. So however that's done, that's what would please me the most. Love that. Um, I, for me, I, I'm kind of with Caitlin. I want to spend a lot of time with our ghost crew and, um, I don't need new characters. Um, I don't need to spend time with, like, the side characters either. I just... The episodes I love most about Rebels are always super, super, super character-focused. And um, I hope that we live in that space for the end of the series as well. Because that's why I fell in love with Rebels. is because of these awesome characters at the center. Exactly. Eve, are we making you nervous about what's coming down the line with Rebels? <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> Slightly. But so- it's... But where, it's making me excited, honestly. Yeah. Where exactly are you in Rebels? I finished the entire first season. Okay. Okay. I have not started the second season yet. Okay. But do you know generally what, what happens? Yes. And I think that's kind of playing into a little bit why I'm hesitant to start it. Mm-hmm. Is that because <laughs> when, I, when I know spoilers, I'm less enthusiastic to, to, to kind of indulge in it. Oh, but there's so, so much more. You gotta, you gotta watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Just binge watch it so you can catch up on for February 19th. You have nothing else to do. Just watch Rebels. <laughs> Makes <laughs> sense. That's an easy of reason. So that's okay. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, All right. I've... Well, this has been a really great discussion on Rebels. I know I'm ready, question mark. Exclamation point. I'm ready for, <laughs> for the end of Star Wars Rebels. But we also have a lot to talk about with The Last Jedi. So let's move on to part three. So welcome to part three. Um, we're going to dive right into The Last Jedi, which is what Caitlin and I have been talking about, you know, for a really long time on the show. Every single episode <laughs> has to do with The Last Jedi. So we're here to talk about it again with some awesome people. So first off, let's all go around and Tell me what you think of The Last Jedi overall. Um, Caitlin, let's start with you. Loved it. It was definitely a movie I had to watch more than once, though. Uh, Unlike Mm -hmm. with The Force Awakens, it was an immediate obsession. The Last Jedi, I loved it, but I was like, how how am I feeling about this? Yeah. But in subsequent viewings, it's, I'm obsessed with it now. Okay, Eve? Yes, I'm actually right there with you. It took... I left the first viewing thinking, I love this, but I don't know why I love this. And then the <laughs> second time I went back and, and I, I think I figured it out <laughs> right. because I still love it. So, Me too, me too. 
Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I answered my own question. I love The Last Jedi. Okay, Devin. <laughs> uh, yeah, top four. Wow, top four. Maybe even top three. I I, I go back and forth with my, my third place <laughs> ranking. So I as high as top three, but strongly in top four territory. Nice. The Last Jedi is definitely in my top two. It might be my number one. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's your number one at this point, Tyler. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's my favorite Star Wars movie, which is really weird for me to say and I, like feel nervous to even say that. But um, okay, what about you, Jonah? That is definitely my number one as well. Woo! High five. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, this, yeah, this I is amazing. Out, <laughs> I came out of, of that movie having a few frustrations. But then in talking it out with other fans, I was just like, yeah, those those are gone. I totally love this movie. And yeah, I've only watched it, I think, four times in the theater. And I wish I could have gone to have seen it more. But I, I am constantly thinking about this movie and how awesome it is. And yeah, I just love every every part of it, really. I'm so excited to own it so I can watch it like every day. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> and this movie, like The Force Awakens, I came out of that movie really, yeah, I, I don't know if I like it. And then I had to go watch it again. And I'm like, hi, I still don't know whether I like it. And I spent two years not really watching uh, that movie or, or Rogue One, which was another movie where I was just like, I don't know if I like it. And now I, I just want to go back and, and own it on. I don't even own it on DVD. That's how. Like, oh my god! That's wow. how I was that into it, and I was just like, yeah, I, I need to get the, the Force Awakens on DVD. I'm definitely getting the Last Jedi on DVD. I, I I have not read any of the novelizations for the movies, and the Last Jedi novelization is the one that I really want to read. It's gonna be my first time <laughs> reading a novelization for a movie. Ooh. So yeah, that's yeah. that's how much I love that one. Nice. The, um, That's crazy. The, I was going to ask you, yeah, if you'd see, watch The Force Awakens now that you love The Last Jedi so much. Oh, well, yeah. But... And I love The Force Awakens <laughs> because of The Last Jedi. And, like, That's I so watched great. it, I was like, oh my God, this movie opened up so many uh, paths for me because I, like, I, I wasn't really all that into the live action. And now I'm just like, oh, I want everything. I want the live action books. I want everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> The animation. This is so nice to hear. Like, it's so great. It just makes me so happy because I, <laughs> I feel the same way. Like, I loved The Force Awakens for a lot of reasons, but it has, and I do have my own frustrations with that movie, but I definitely feel like The Last Jedi has informed my love for The Force Awakens, and now I see them as, like, a complete piece, which, or mm-hmm. not a complete, it's still incomplete, but, like, they go together. And <laughs> I was... I find that unexpected because when Caitlin and I would watch them in our marathons, we'd end up at The Force Awakens and we'd be like, this just doesn't fit. And now I just feel like it has its own like matching puzzle piece and it feels so good. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. (laughs) It's so great. Man, I love Star Wars. So kind of going back to what we talked about in our first part tonight, though, when we're talking about themes of Star Wars overall, but with The Last Jedi specifically, what was kind of the big takeaway for each of you? And uh, Eve, we'll start with you this time. There was honestly, there were so there were quite a few that I brought home with me. But I think the one that lasted with me and still gets me thinking, especially where Luke is concerned, is how failure is probably the greatest teacher we can have in our lives and and to use that to learn from it or ultimately succumb to it so Mm -hmm. yeah i love that i love how you said that um 
<laughs> to learn from it or to succumb to it. And it, and Luke does both in yes. the film, mm-hmm. um, which which is great to see. Um, yes. Yeah. So Jonah, what about you? I I'm gonna go with Eve and say that failure, uh, being a great teacher, that's definitely something that I came uh, I came away from that movie really loving that message because a lot of times you're made to think that making a mistake or failing is a bad thing but Mm -hmm. it's really the moment where you have to grow and accept embrace what you did and learn from it and we see that with a lot of our main characters Ray, Ezra, Kanan and and so I I really love that that message and it's okay to mess up it's okay to fail you just brush it off like luke <laughs> <laughs> literally brush it off <laughs> that's funny uh Devin, what about you yeah super great question and I, I think there's so many ways to go i think kind of playing on that theme that that even john brought up but i think from a little bit of a different angle. And that is, I think, perspective. And I think that, you know, this the scene when Luke talks about the hubris of the Jedi and even his own hubris in terms of, I guess, you know, believing the hype of this myth, this legend in the galaxy and, and how that can damage us and those that we care about and the things that we care about. So, yes, with, with the failure, failure motif, but I think, again, just looking at the, a little sliver of that from the perspective of being able to reflect on the decisions we make, the relationships we have, and how our our choices ultimately impact others, regardless if they're good, bad, big, or small, our choices have consequences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's a really nice way to phrase it too, like our perspective of things and how they change over time, and our perspective of people too, and how that can change as well. And you don't have to be set in one perspective like it's necessary to change your opinion and change your view of someone of our heroes and our enemies um you can't of ourselves i would add yeah yeah Yeah. exactly yeah um it's one of the things i've really liked about the last jedi too it's like you have to and, and really what's been going on in animation as well is you have to imagine people complexly no one is just one thing and to say that they are is denying them a lot of agency um And so I, I think The Last Jedi really did a great job of that. Um, but Charlotte, I think I know what you're going to say, but what do you think is was kind of the, the big takeaway from The Last Jedi? Uh, failure was definitely the big takeaway. I completely agree with everyone, um, what they said. I took a lot of, I, I don't know, what did I carry out of this movie? So many questions. Um, <laughs> but a real res- like understanding of Kylo Ren as a character personally um and kind of a, a also a greater understanding of like who Luke I mean we all did who Luke became um and I, I don't know I I I feel like the theme of failure really does affect every single one of our characters in this movie and I think that's so fascinating because I don't I don't think there's a movie that <laughs> the main theme really hits every single one when we have such a sprawling cast like this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's been really interesting in these past couple of weeks to kind of dig into that and, like, what does that mean for each individual character? Um, it's occupied my brain a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy, too, because, I mean, we talk about failure as, like, the, the overarching theme for everyone in The Last Jedi, but then 
for all of us, hope is kind of a core theme of Star Wars. So how how is hope represented in The Last Jedi? And I think it's, for me, it is a really big comparison between Luke and Kylo. You know, Luke failed in the biggest way he could, um, not only in that moment of contemplation of killing Kylo, but then in the the running away, too. But there was still hope in that he, he turned it around um, and he died the hero that we all imagined and wanted him to be this whole time, you know? And I think mm-hmm. for me, that parallels to Kylo, obviously, as someone who is hoping for a redemption arc for him. And that even though he's failed in this moment, his story's not over. Just like mm-hmm. Luke's story didn't end on Octo. I mean, it did technically, but it didn't end with him running away. It ended with him, you know, returning back to that, the legend of Luke Skywalker that we all know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Right. And, it's, and it's, it's also interesting even to think about it from that way is Luke gave Kylo the opportunity as well to fail. He, in that moment, wanted to kill Luke, but instead he failed. And it's like he, he gave him that opportunity to, like, learn that lesson. And I, it's just so interesting to me about how all these different types of failure kind of spring up in all of our different characters and all these different ways. Um, I just can't stop thinking about it. (laughs) So on that note, this is Sky Talkers, and we do talk about this a lot. So what did you guys think about, do you all think there's a potential for a Kylo Ren redemption arc? And you can say no, it's okay. You don't have to please us here. <laughs> your, your connection might drop out. But right. <laughs> you, you know, when I first saw The Force Awakens, I was all for it because I didn't. The reason why was because a lot of people thought, oh, he killed Han. There's no coming back for him. And I thought, yeah, Han wasn't my favorite character. So it's it's OK. I can definitely see him coming back. Oh, I mean, coming like uh, having a sort of redemption and and looking at his sins and and realizing that what he's done has is, has been wrong this whole time. Uh, but then after watching the Last Jedi, I was just like, man, I read this character completely wrong, because he wants to be where he is, and he was given that choice by Ray of all people, and. And he still wants to be where he is. And I found that so intriguing because you'd think that the you know, the the love of his mother would would pull him back. And I was hoping that that was something that would happen in the next movie. But I I don't even know what they're going to do now. Uh, Mm. But yeah, I I, I just I don't see him uh, coming back to being Ben Solo. I, I, I. Maybe it's because I, I, I just like him being bad. Really, <laughs> he, just, he, makes, he makes such a great Adam Driver. I mean, what a, fa- a fascinating and, and talented actor, man. I like. I, I have so much respect for him. Yeah, me too. He's such a good actor. Oh my god, we're so lucky to have him in Star Wars. I feel like, oh, yeah. like <laughs> jeez, he makes it so convincing and and adds all these layers. And you're like, what what emotion is he feeling in that instant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, such a question mark. Eve, what do you think? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm torn up every day. Every day I go between. Yes, it's a possibility, and no, because of what what Jonna just said about how he's, I feel like he's fully embraced it, and I don't know if 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 that's the case. If you can come back from that, 
and then the whole, you know, darkness rises and light to meet it quote just kind of leaves that gray line where I feel like they're going to explore that a lot in episode nine. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes and no. <laughs> that's okay. I think that's a good answer. I think, I think that's a good answer. Yeah, I think I think so too. I think that I think the point of the ending of the Last Jedi is for us to ask these kind of questions and kind of like mm. I've said this before on the podcast and I've used the same metaphor, but like we're driven to a cliff of like mm. I. <laughs> this could go either way. And we've also mm-hmm. gotten to the point in, like, if we're following Anakin's story um, with Kylo, mm. where he has turned away what Anakin did not um, in that moment with Luke in terms of the arc. And mm-hmm. um, personally, I mean, you guys know this. I think that the Kylo Ren would is... It's no one else's decision for him to come back. He has to make that decision himself. And yeah. mm-hmm. his redemption, I, I do think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's going to be because anyone offered him anything. He has to come to that realization himself. And he has mm-hmm. to, now he's driven to that cliff. It's like he has to decide where he wants to go from here, I think. Um I don't think he wants to be where he is. I don't think he wanted to be the supreme leader. I think he wanted to be something completely different and leave everything behind. Um, mm-hmm. But, and I think he's uncomfortable and is about to be way more uncomfortable now that Hux is like watching over him <laughs> and knows <laughs> that he like puts his emotions above like what he actually should be doing. Um, so, what do you think, Devin? Yikes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I- well, obviously, like, redemption is a core theme in, in Star Wars, right? So mm-hmm. there's part of me that says, well, it, it just makes natural sense for that to happen. I think that when we look at, like, the historical definition of redemption, going literally back to, like, ancient Greek times, um, it's talking about being released because of a, of a payment, of a ransom. And so there has to be some type of huge... Um, not just emotional decision, but there has to be some type of, of physical um, redemption as well to to make that happen. So I'm curious if it's going to happen, and, and I guess I'm okay with it happening, but I want to see something major happen. Me too. And some type of major act, I don't know even what that could be. I, I really don't. Luke's gone. Han's gone. Um, Carrie Fisher, unfortunately, is gone. So I, mm. I don't know what that could possibly be at this point in time. I know it's it's hard because it's like we we talk about this redemption arc and like this character path that it could go down and everything. But it's like we have no idea what episode nine is going to even throw at us. And it's hard to talk about these things like in tangible ways. Like mm-hmm. um, like you said, yeah. Car- Carrie's gone. And it's like if we could have talked about Leia in this way, but we're, we're not, which makes me just kind of kind of turn to like, all right, Ben Solo is going to save himself. Um it's 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 hard to talk about the specifics of redemption, like you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully mm-hmm. we can get to that point. But right now we're like, ah, redemption, no redemption, uh, you know, <laughs> in this weird limbo. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't you don't get to redeem yourself per se. I mean, you can't just like deem. Right. Like, I am therefore redeemed. You know, that has to be bestowed <laughs> by, yeah. by somebody. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 really interesting, and I think that for me is what's most exciting about the character of Kylo Ren is that he is such a question mark at this point. And I mean, obviously, I think I know I would like the redemption arc, and a, and a lot of people don't. And I think 
that's fair enough. But I think it, it's forcing us to ask these questions about what does it mean for someone to be redeemed? Is mm-hmm. there a point of no return? Should there be a point of no return? Um, what does atonement look like? And I think that those are really exciting things that episode nine could do that we didn't get to see with Vader because it was, you know, kind of black and white. It was like, I guess he was, he's redeemed because he saved his son. Okay. I think that's great. And we've accepted that, but it's like the last Jedi has clearly shown that we're taking things a step further. And now that like Charlotte said, Kylo has basically caught up with Anakin's storyline with Vader's storyline. Like, where does he go from here? Because Mm -hmm. even though, you know, he parallels Anakin and Vader in a lot of ways, he's very different too. Um, He grew up with this, you know, bloodline. He grew up with Snoke. He's a lot younger than Vader ever was. Um, does he deserve to be redeemed as, Mm. and I think those are really great questions to ask. And obviously some people say yes and some people say no, but the fact that we get to have that conversation and then go back and like reanalyze Vader's redemption too, I think is really cool. Um, And that's, that's what makes me so excited about the character of Kylo. And I guess having such an investment in him, I'm like, you better get your ish together boy let me ask this though yeah, but let me mirror back at you though so because you know we talked about hope being a major thread throughout star wars and redemption's been a major thread throughout star wars so if indeed he's not redeemed what does that mean for the story of star wars in general i don't know for me that's really that's a really disappointing end um for me to have a character that's been so defined by conflict with the light side and Mm -hmm. to ultimately lose him to the dark side that just seems really depressing to me um and for me that doesn't fall in line with hope as a theme and then too it's like going back to the skywalker family i think it does a disservice to all of our original trilogy characters at this point um Mm -hmm. kyle if kyle isn't redeemed han solo died for nothing luke skywalker Mm -hmm. i mean he got the resistance out but you know, I, I think for Luke, his family means more to him than the resistance at this point. Um, and mm. you could argue either way on that. But for me, anyway, I think his family means more to him than the resistance, because that's what got him to confront Kylo. He didn't go into the cave with Leia and the resistance and say, I'm going to go stall for you. He said, right. I'm going to go confront Kylo. Um, and obviously, I think there was both going on there. But I think for him, priority was confronting Kylo. Um, and then for Leia, too. I think it's just so sad for her story to have ended with her losing hope in her son and being Mm. right about that. For me, that's just like, that's really heartbreaking for the entire Skywalker family. Mm. Um, And I don't know what that accomplishes in the greater storyline of Star Wars. Good points. Thank you. (laughs) 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 Um, But then again, like it could, I mean, I think there is a lot of good argument too about like some people have gone past the point of no return. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not a good idea to keep wanting something for someone who clearly doesn't want that back. But I don't think I don't think Kylo's gotten to that point yet. I think he's been under Snoke's thumb and now he's finally not. And he made the first thing he did was try to get Rey to run off with him, not to join the dark side. He doesn't say the dark side. He just says to join him. I don't think he really knows what that looks like. He was he just realized that he needed to to get get out of town. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he was. I think in a way he's kind of trapped too. And like Charlotte said, he's now uncomfortable with where he is. And I think we see that in the last scene with Ray. He's like, he knows, he knows he did a bad thing. And I think episode nine will really be playing up how uncomfortable he is and how much of a danger Hux is more mm. so than Kylo to the galaxy. Mm. That's going to be interesting because if we look at Palpatine, we look at 
Thrawn. You can even look at Tarkin. And as far as like tacticians, they were all very level-headed. I mean, maybe a little too level-headed and cold and calculated. And Kylo is anything but. And I would even argue Hux is anything but. And <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see if they are... <laughs> The new leadership of the First Order. Uh, <laughs> like, it's things laughable. Could be super interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. them together, it's like, they can't handle this. What the heck? Yeah. I just <laughs> left my six year old home alone with Oreos, scissors, <laughs> and a bunch of blue. What could go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> the stove's on. The- yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> the That's right. Everything be back is- in an hour, sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they don't work together. Right. Like, well, at all in any sense of the word. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting how that dynamic plays out, too. But as far as like actually predicting what like what that kind of return to Ben Solo looks like and what would even cause that, I have no idea. I just know <laughs> I want it to happen. <laughs> it's like a horrible answer, but... You know, there we are. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay, so any any kind of closing thoughts on The Last Jedi that you want to sneak in there before we move on? To our quick shots. <laughs> Bravo. Let's hope uh, JJ can uh, do nine justice. That, that's a tough act to follow. In my I opinion. know. It's going to yep. be tough. It's... I, I I have I have faith suddenly in JJ. I didn't used to, but you know I'm I'm trying this thing where I'm just a really big Star Wars optimist. So I think that wow. it's gonna be great. <laughs> you have a you have hope. I have hope. I'm taking our beloved franchise's number one lesson. <laughs> So quick shots, we've actually never done this on the show before, so you all are guinea pigs, <laughs> so I hope you as well. Um, but basically, Charlotte and I are going to throw out one of the questions, and then we're just going to call on you, and you have to say it without thinking, whatever like your true heart's desire for what the question <laughs> is. And it's going to be an either-or kind of scenario, just for our listeners. Cause and it's the one that we prefer? Yes, the one okay. that you prefer. The one that we prefer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte, I'll let you start with the first one. Okay. Jonah, BB-8 trying to mend the X-Wing in the beginning or BB-8 spewing coins at the guards? Coins all the way. (laughs) Okay, what about you, Devin? (laughs) Oh, no question about it. It's got to be mending the X-Wing. Oh, okay. Nice. All right, Eve. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Devin. It's mending. Ah! hilarious. (laughs) Okay. Spewing the coins. Yes! Okay, so it's a tie. (laughs) I don't know what I'd say. Uh, that's not that's not quick shots work, Charlotte. You got okay. one. Uh, spewing coins, spewing, spewing coins. It's funny. Oh, sorry, Devin. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I see how it is. All right. Okay. Eve, we're going to start with you this time. Throne room fight or Kylo and Luke duel? Oh, Kylo and Luke. All right. Jonah? Throne room. <laughs> yeah, that's my. <laughs> yeah. Devin, how about you? Oh, that one's tough. They're so different. Oh, I'll, I'll say Luke and Kylo. All right. Charlotte. In unison, Caitlin. Throne Throne room. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Amelin blasting through the destroyer or post-Tokyo drift of an X-Wing. Jonah. Amelin all the way. Okay, Devin. Uh, Yes, Amelin all the way. Eve. Oh, Amelin. Mm -hmm. Caitlin. I'm going to go Tokyo drift here. Whoa, just like splitting it up. I I just, I remember seeing that and being like, Ooh, look at that X-Wing. Look at that hotshot <laughs> pilot. How do you feel in some sort of way? I'm going to say Amelin or Haldo. Haldo. I should have said Haldo. They're both great. Yeah. I mean, they're both great. But <laughs> got to give love to Poe. 
All right, Devin, we're going to start with you. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm great. Here it comes. <laughs> you know the right answer to this, Devin. Shirtless yeah, I feel if I don't if I don't get it, I'm yeah. All right, all right, go ahead. Yes, I'm listening. I don't I don't know you, Charlotte. Charlotte's yeah. So shirtless Kylo or shirtless Anakin? No, is it shirtless with the high waisted pants? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the whole package. Then clearly that's the winner. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go with Kylo. Okay. Okay. Eve. Uh, Kylo. 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 Jonah. Do we need Kylo? <laughs> Caitlin? Charlotte? Oh, uh, I'm going to say Anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to I got to go with Kylo. <laughs> Y'all, if you want, if you want to peek into Charlotte and I as 13-year-olds, we would watch Revenge of the Sith and pause the movie on shirtless Anakin. When he's like, I can think of the scene perfectly when he's like moving to get out of bed and puts on his robe and you can see all his ab muscles. It's a flex, you know. <laughs> We would pause it and literally just stare at it for a couple minutes and then move oh on. Oh my gosh. So adorable. Oh my God. This was quick shots, not confessions. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear this. I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> okay. All right. Next one, Charlotte. Um, okay. Ray mirror scene or Ray force back in The Force Awakens? Jonah. Mirror scene. Devin. Mirror scene. Eve. Force back. Oh, okay. Why? I, I just, I, that scene gives me chills every time I hear Ewan McGregor's over, like, that just little snippet of these are your yeah. first steps. Good that point, bit. good point. Yeah. That's yeah. so, oh. Uh, you convinced me, Eve, force back. Yes. yes. Mirror scene. Mirror scene wins. Close. <laughs> <laughs> Nine there. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Which was the better quote unquote reveal? Ray's lack of parentage or Snoke manipulating the force bond? Eve? I'm, I'm going to have to go with Snoke just because of the implications it gives towards the end of the movie. Good one. Devin? Ray. And Jonah? Uh, force bond. Force bond. Charlotte? Um, Ray's parentage or lack thereof. Yeah. I'm going to go force bond. That's good. That was right. good. Gosh. Thank you guys. Being our yeah. guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Yay. <laughs> but the the main thing that everyone gets excited about when they're on our show, and I'm very excited to hear all of you guys is, is everyone gets to do their Star Wars dinner. Star Wars dinner game is something Charlotte and I would talk about on long car rides or just when we had run out of things to talk about was if we were having a dinner party and we could invite any five Star Wars people to our house for dinner and they were basically forced to come, uh, <laughs> pun intended, uh, it could be the cast, it could be the crew, it could be actual characters, aliens, it could literally be anyone you wanted in the Star Wars world, who would be the five people you would bring and you want to make sure you're having really good conversation. So now we like to ask all of our guests when they come on who they would most like to bring to their Star Wars dinner. And we haven't gotten a bad answer yet. It's just, it's so much fun. Uh, so, Devin, let's start with your Star Wars dinner. I'm very excited. Oh, goodness. Um, all right. Well, can, can I have two separate dinner parties? Is that okay? Is that, is that... <laughs> it's totally you know, fine. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to start uh, putting rules on this, though. Cause... I know. I know you give me an inch. But since, since I had to answer about shirtless Kylo and shirtless Anakin, I'm sure that's the least you could do for me. So Wait, is, is C-3PO on your list? Oh, 
Stop uh-huh. it. Stop it. C-3PO, the golden one, is the help. He He's in charge of cleaning up so that doesn't have to. I'll clean up myself. Thanks. Um, so I, I know this one may not be good conversation, but what first entered my mind, and since it literally says there in the show notes that there's nothing is, is too weird or too normal, I, I think it would be fascinating if I was if it was Palpatine and like the cast of Saturday Night Live. And if they didn't make him laugh, he would just like shoot force lightning or start force choking them. I, I, to me, that would be the ultimate entertainment experience. Um, but if you want more dinner conversation, that is I, really interesting. Like how big is, I mean, the cast of SNL is pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Well, can, we'll take four of them then. I, we can, we'll take four of them. Give me, okay, give me, all right. yeah. Whoever the, the top four are now. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but if you want more conversation, I'll, I'll take, uh, give me, give me Luke spirit, spirit ghost, Luke, Qui Gon, spirit ghost, Qui Gon, spirit ghost, um, Obi-Wan. Spirit, spirit, ghost, uh, Yoda. And then, and then, then this is really what it has to be. It, it has to be spirit, ghost, Sebastian Shaw, Anakin. Okay, oh, you're one. You're one of those fans. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Yes. So you're I'm gonna a real save. Fan, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Devin, Devin's looking to have an economical dinner because no one's going to have to eat because they're all ghosts. Yeah, right? <laughs> the stingy German in me is served. I mean, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's amazing. Those are great picks. Like, seriously. Loved them both. <laughs> That'll be good, right? You get to talk about the force and all kinds of existential stuff. And that's, that's perfect. The problem is, with your Palpatine dinner, Devin, is if if Palpatine shoots the uh, SNL cast with Force Lightning, like where are you in all this? I've, I'm worried about you, Devin. Oh, <laughs> as far as like which Force side I'm leaning towards? Oh, I'm probably just there with, with like yeah, just your safety. I, well, I'm still there with a bucket of popcorn, enjoying the the dinner show. I mean, it's live theater. It's wonderful. It's almost like watching through a two way mirror. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Eve, let's go to your Star Wars dinner next. I, I went with a lot of the basic core characters. So I did Luke, Leia, Han, Ben, and Vader. Because I would love to see the conversation between Darth Vader and Ben Solo. Me too. And then their parents watching and Luke just knowing what's going to happen. <laughs> that is a reality show waiting to happen. Yes. <laughs> Keeping up with the Skywalkers, you know. (laughs) I like that a lot. I love the idea of Darth Vader and Ben Solo specifically. Not like Kylo and Anakin, but Vader and Ben. I'm not saying that I feed off of drama, but I feel like that (laughs) that might might give me some sort of thrill. (laughs) So relatable. (laughs) That's really fun. I love that a lot. Uh, Okay. And last but not least, Jonah, who is at your Star Wars dinner? Yes. So I have Dave Filoni, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Again? Come on. Gotta, I mean, gotta get that Christmas card 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I would love to have dinner with him. And he just talks about everything and anything. I <laughs> One time it was about trains and how he loves to take trains. So, yeah. I mean, that it just doesn't have to be about Star Wars. It could be about anything. <laughs> and he'll, he'll make it entertaining. Uh, Carrie Beck for sure I would love to have dinner with her just to pick her mind on all the things that she's involved with especially animation wise 
Totally. And let's see, Henry Gilroy, because he's one of the writers and co-executive producers on Star Wars Rebels. And I think uh, he and I would get along in terms of talking about storylines and whatnot. And that's got (laughs) to (laughs) happen. Killian Plunkett, for sure, because he's the art director for a lot of the animated shows and he's so, got the best uh, accent he really does and that's definitely one of the main reasons why i want him there just so he can spice things up with his accent Whoa. <laughs> 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 and, and finally amy beth christensen because i feel like i need to have two art people in the group so that way she can talk about her concept art designs and whatnot oh my gosh this is such a good dinner i want to go yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the only one I don't want to go to is the Palpatine one. Oh, <laughs> it's it's an adventure. Thing. I mean, oh. maybe if there actually is a two-way mirror that's like force protected, I don't know. Um, that would just make me a little nervous, but I'm into it. I'm into right. I'm into right. seeing like a video of it later on, <laughs> assuming you survive and everything, Devin. <laughs> or, or maybe you could just shock C3PO over and over again. Oh my God. We reboot okay. him and shock him again. I may, I'm going to change it. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Repeated on loop destruction of C3PO. This turned violent. This is the first. <laughs> We've never had a violent <laughs> Star Wars dinner. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, oh. Just to bring it back to reality, I just wanted to comment that I think it would be so awesome to have dinner with Carrie back, and no one's mentioned Carrie back yet. And I think that is a really good addition. And I yeah. might have to incorporate her into my 2019 dinner, honestly. Yes. Yeah. So. so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is so Dave, cool. Dave has always been my number one on my invite list. He, like, he basically shouldn't even count in my five anymore because he's just always there. <laughs> he's automatic. <laughs> he's on it. It's just like if, if, Kate, if Caitlin's having a party, Dave's there and everyone knows. <laughs> That's what I want to happen. So next time you're talking to Dave Filoni, Jonah, if you could just tell him. <laughs> That I too can talk about trains and their <laughs> like that. <laughs> yes, trains. Uh, what was a uh, Robotech was another thing that came up. Okay, I can't talk about Robotech, but I'll <laughs> learn about it. <laughs> um. Oh man, there was this group of of uh, I don't know what it was, but they were standing in front of a club. And they were wearing cowboy hats, and he thought that maybe he should also join that crowd. <laughs> they were all wearing cowboy hats. Can you imagine um, if yeah. you were just like hanging around in your cowboy hat and Dave? Oh, I mean, I guess if you don't know who Dave Filoni is, but still, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It'd> be so <laughs> awesome. So, but yeah, he definitely fit in the crowd. So yeah, I will definitely bring that up. <laughs> Thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> Trying to get that Christmas card myself. 2018 goals. Oh, nice. <laughs> Kaylin won't let this go. She's just rolling with it. It's, I'm just giving you a hard time, Jenna. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's just like crying. She'll, she'll, she'll mute the microphone. <laughs> go blow my nose or something. <laughs> the thing is, it's like... It, if I, in some, like, magical world, got to interview Dave Filoni on Sky Talkers, I would just have no idea what to even say. I would just be, like, blubbering the whole time and, like, stammering. I, I wouldn't know what to do. So I'd have to have, like, a little bit of wine, maybe a lot of wine, <laughs> to make sure I was, like, a little calm for that interaction. <laughs> so it's, it's probably good it hasn't happened yet, guys. <laughs> 
I'll just learn from a pro like Jonah. Exactly. Oh, no, I was super nervous <laughs> beforehand. You aced it. <laughs> well, I think this comes to the end of our little show here. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this show. And I was wondering if you all could just go around and kind of tell our listeners where they could find you in your shows. So, Jonah Marie, why don't we start with you? Yeah, so you can find me at Blue J Guys on Twitter. Um, and actually, if you just go to the com, and that's Wookiee with two E's, <laughs> you'll be able to find all the links necessary there. Awesome. Okay, so what about you, Devin? You can swing on by unmistakablystarwars.com and you can subscribe to the pod. You've got a bunch of articles to choose from. And then on the Twitterverse, you can find us at unmistakablysw. Okay, so Eve? Uh, everything that Devin said, but also on Twitter at Skywalker underscore Eve. And of course, you can find Charlotte and I on Twitter at SkytalkersPod. You can also go to our website, skytalkers.com. Um, Charlotte's Twitter handle is at Clarity, and mine is at Caitlin Plusher with a C. Um, you can also, obviously, we are, part of, we are a part of the Star Wars Escape Pods network, so you can head on over to Twitter and find us there as well. And... Thank you guys so much for being on the show. This has seriously been so fun. I'm so glad we were able to get you on all together at once. Thanks for the invite. Good times. <laughs> I can't wait for, for the next me. time we all talk. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. we should have every episode ask Devin an awkward question like shirtless Kylo or shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> me I, well, I was waiting for like shirtless Filoni or shirtless Pablo. So um... <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> If it gets me a Christmas card, I'll do anything, you know, so. (laughs) I think that's where we're going to have to end the show, guys. We'll leave you with that image. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for listening in as always. And we will be back soon, Charlotte and I, with our part three of our Last Jedi discussion where we are taking listener questions from you guys. So head on over to our website and Twitter to submit those questions about The Last Jedi. And we're doing a whole episode of Q&A on The Last Jedi. So get excited for that. And lastly, of course, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.